Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. After All These Years by Layla Harrison on Gossamer. Rating Explicit. Chapter 9. Scully. When I woke up, I struggled to remember where I was. I was groggy from the sedative and I rubbed my eyes. The blanket that had been covering me slipped to the floor. Joe leaned over and picked it up and recovered me. I smiled at him gratefully. I looked at Sam. She looked exactly the same. Peaceful. As if she was in no pain. Mulder was seated to my right, and next to him was my mother. I got up from the chair and she came to me, hugging me tightly. I'm so glad you're here, I whispered into her neck. She hugged me back, tightly. I know, Dana. I know. I released her and went back to my chair, sitting down, feeling surprisingly calm. I had a dream, I told everyone, in the room quietly, that I was with Sam at the park. She was on the swings and I was pushing her. Higher, Mommy, she said, and I pushed her harder, but not too hard. I didn't want her to fall off and get hurt, but she seemed to have a good grip on the chairs that supported the swing. Please, Mommy, push me a little higher. I want to get as close to heaven as I can. I did push her a little higher and harder, and I could hear her laughing. She was so happy. I stopped for a second, brushing a few tears from my cheeks, and I kept pushing her. Push me all the way to heaven, Mommy, she said and I gave her one great big push. And Sam and the swing and all of it disappeared. The sky was an incredibly perfect shade of blue, and I looked up. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. She was gone, and yet I could still hear her giggling, and she still sounded so happy. I'm in heaven, Mommy, and you'll never guess, but it's so great, she said. I looked around the room, Mulder had his head bowed and was crying. Joe sniffled and my mom wiped her eyes. The doctor came in. Hi, everyone, he said softly, in a soothing but not placating tone. We're going to turn the tracing back on for the EEG now and see what happens. We all stood up and formed a semicircle at the foot of Sam's bed. Joe on one side of me, Mulder on the other, and my mom next to Mulder. Joe put his arm around me. Mulder took my hand my mother was holding his other hand. Another doctor and a nurse came into the room, and the nurse was holding Sam's chart and a pen. I knew with a certain sense of sadness what we were all about to witness. The doctor flipped a switch on the EEG machine that Sam was already hooked up to. The paper began to roll, and the needles jumped slightly as the machine was being turned on, but then fell to draw a straight line on the paper. Everyone in the room was unnaturally silent, Even the beeping of the machine seemed quieter. We were all staring at the needles on the paper, waiting, hoping, even willing them to draw some kind of blip on the paper, something to show that there was electrical activity happening in Sam's brain. There was nothing. The needles drew a long, straight line across the paper. No electrical activity in the brain. We all stood there, even the medical staff, unmoving and saying nothing for a good five minutes. Dr. Young spoke first, clearing his throat quietly, looking to me. 
there's no activity, he confirmed to me. I knew what he needed to hear from me. I knew what I needed to do. I needed to give him permission to let Sam go. I was silent for a full minute before I responded. You can turn the machines off, I said quietly. Turn them all off. Samantha Melissa Harmon, pronounced dead at 1737 hours, February 11th, 2001, he said, for the nurse to document on the chart. She wrote it down, then set the chart down. I know this is a difficult time for you, but are you at all interested in donating any of Samantha's organs? Dr. Young asked. I nodded immediately. This was something I firmly believed in, and there was no hesitation in my decision. You can donate whatever organs are viable for use, I told him. I'll need you to sign some paperwork, Mrs. Harmon. I nodded again. We are going to leave her on life support until we know what organs are needed. If you would all like a few minutes with her, we'll step outside. Okay, I said. I was feeling remarkably calm, although I knew that the magnitude of what was happening would hit me later. I still had so much to deal with, so much to face, questions to answer. The doctors and nurse stepped out of the room. My mother was the first to say goodbye. She went to Sam's bedside and leaned down to kiss her forehead lightly. Goodbye, my sweet angel, she said softly, then squeezed my arm and left the room, tears in her eyes. Joe and Mulder looked at each other, as if they were unsure as to who should go next. Joe finally stepped forward. He touched Sam's hand, looked at her. I know you weren't my daughter by blood, but I loved you as if you were. I'm going to miss you, Sam. His words brought tears to my eyes, and I tried desperately to fight them back. He stepped away from her bed and looked at me. I'll be outside, he said. His eyes were brimming with tears as well. He left the room, leaving Mulder and I alone with our daughter. When she was born, I said quietly, but loud enough for Mulder to hear. I didn't let Joe in the delivery room, just my mother. As soon as she came out of me, as soon as the doctors told me she was healthy and that everything was fine, they picked her up and cleaned her off. While they were doing that, my mother came over to me and wiped my forehead and hugged me as best she could. Then they brought Sam over to me and put her in my arms. Mulder took my hand again. You don't have to tell me all this, Scully. No, Mulder. I need to tell you. You need to hear it. He closed his eyes, acknowledging that, and then opened them again, and nodded at me to continue. I looked down at her. She was this perfect, tiny baby, and she was mine. Mine and yours. She was what we had created. As happy as I was, as overjoyed as I felt, I felt incredible sadness that you weren't there to see her being born that I had blocked you from even knowing about her. I almost wanted to call you and tell you everything. I thought for one second that I could somehow make everything right again and go back to D.C. I wiped at my eyes, remembering. But I didn't. I couldn't. And then Mulder, she opened her eyes. Sam opened her eyes and looked up at me and my mom. And do you know what my mom said to me? No, Mulder said, his voice tight. She said, She has Fox's eyes, Dana. Look. And she was right. Sam had your eyes. The exact color, the exact shape. It was almost like I was looking right at you. Mulder squeezed my hand. And at that moment, Mulder, I knew that I had a part of you with me. We were separated. And we might never see each other again. But I knew that I could always look at Sam 
and see a part of you. I was crying openly now, unashamedly. Mulder held me for a few moments and let me cry. I could feel his body shaking with his own tears. Finally, he released me and stepped towards the bed. His face was twisted with grief and I could see him crying. He leaned over Sam and kissed her forehead, just as my mother had done. He touched her hand, then ran his hand along her face tenderly. He murmured words that I did not hear, words that I was not meant to hear. Then he stepped back, gave me a half smile, and left me alone with our daughter. I sat back down in the chair at the foot of her bed. You were always my lifeline, my touchstone. I looked at her body ravaged by the machines she was connected to that were making her heart beat and pushing air mechanically through her lungs. For some reason, it struck a bad chord in me. It was wrong to see her like this, to remember her like this. I didn't want to look back and remember her like this. I got up from the chair and left the room. Mulder. The next three days passed in a haze. I checked into a hotel in Greenwich. I had originally gone to check into some cheap dive, but found that there were very few of those in the upscale Fairfield County area. Scully insisted on not returning to her house. Joe, without argument, had booked Scully, her mother, and myself into the Greenwich Hyatt, a beautiful hotel. I assumed that Joe was staying at their house. I could imagine what the hotel would look like in the springtime, with the well-manicured grounds and flowers blooming everywhere. Against her mother's protest, Scully got her own room, one floor down from mine. Her mother was next door to her. Scully was, for all intents and purposes, in isolation. Mrs. Scully and I would eat together in the restaurant downstairs without Scully. She ordered room service. I had to call the bureau and explain my absence. I spoke only to Skinner, hoping and praying that he would understand. Agent Mulder, you were due back in Washington three days ago. Where the hell are you? He was obviously not pleased. Sir, there's been a development, I began. I'm in Connecticut. Connecticut? What are you doing there? I'm with Scully, I replied. Her name had not come up in conversation between him and I in years. There was silence. I thought you were unaware of her whereabouts, Mulder. He obviously had been keeping closer tabs on me over the years than I had thought. I paused, not knowing what to reveal and what not to say. It seems somewhat inconsequential now to tell him the truth. Sir, it's a very long story, but I'm still here to attend the funeral of Scully's daughter. I heard him take a deep breath. You will give her my condolences, he said, and I could tell that he meant it with all sincerity. I will. Agent Mulder, there's obviously something you're not telling me. No kidding, I thought. Sir, the child. She's my child as well. I might as well tell him. There was no reason not to. More silence. I thought you hadn't seen Scully in years. I hadn't, sir. And then without preamble, I launched into the story of how it happened, how Scully and I had gotten involved, that she had gotten pregnant, left town, had the baby, gotten married, all of it. I told him how I happened to find her. I gave him the abbreviated version. Skinner, to his credit, never once interrupted me during my story. When I got to the point of telling him about Sam dying, it was all I could do not to start crying again. Finally, I wrapped it up and closed my mouth, too exhausted to speak anymore. Agent Mulder, he said, clearing his throat, and then speaking more quietly into the receiver. You stay there as long as you need to. I will handle everything here. I appreciate that, sir. I really did, 
My hands had been shaking as I had been speaking to him, assuming that he was going to tell me not to bother to come back. Sir, I know what Scully and I did was against Bureau policy. Agent Mulder, Scully is no longer with the Bureau. What may or may not have happened between you and her is not any of the Bureau's business. Do you understand me? I was touched by his willingness to keep our privacy where it belonged, in private. Yes, I answered, somewhat shakily. I understand. Call me when you get back to D.C. And Mulder, please do tell Scully that I'm very sorry for her loss. For your loss as well as Mulder. I'm very sorry. He sounded so sincere, I couldn't even believe it. I called Scully every evening before I went to bed to make sure she was all right. Hi, it's me, I said into the phone that night, the night before the funeral. I knew that Scully had gone back to the house to get clothes for Sam to wear in the casket earlier that day, although I had not seen her. What a grim task, I thought. I hadn't seen her since we checked into the hotel. Hi, she said. She sounded exhausted. How are you? Nice, Mulder, I thought. She's probably doing about as well as you are. She's probably a wreck. I'm tired. Her voice sounded weak and very far away, much farther than the one floor down than she actually was. I picked out what she's going to wear. Scully didn't use Sam's name on the phone when we spoke. What did you pick out? A green dress that she wore at Christmas. Green velvet with white lace. She looked beautiful in it at Christmas. I'm sure, I said, my heart breaking. I wish I could have seen her at Christmas. Mrs. Scully had shown me the picture she carried of Sam with her in her wallet. One with Scully and Joe and Sam in front of the house. One of Sam, obviously professionally done photograph, wearing a blue and white jumpsuit, smiling into the camera. She looked just like her mother in that picture. Mulder, Scully asked. Yes. Do you think you could come down here? Scully asked. To my room. I want to talk to you. And not like this. Not over the phone. I'll be right down, I answered, jumping off the bed. I'm on my way. I took the stairs down one flight and knocked on Scully's door. She opened it. She was wearing jeans and an old flannel shirt, one I could recall her wearing on one of our cases. It must have been a case where we were in the mountains, or maybe it was when we were in the Arctic. I didn't remember, but the shirt rang a bell in my head. Her hair was pulled back and her face was scrubbed clean of makeup. Not like she needed it anyhow. Scully was one of those women who other women envied because she could wear no makeup at all and still look incredibly beautiful. In fact, as I stood there in her doorway, as tired and sad as she looked, she looked just as stunning as I had always remembered her looking. She used to pad around my apartment in her socks and one of my shirts making breakfast for the two of us. Come in, she said, and I did. The room was immaculate, but what had I expected? Scully always was a bit of a neat freak. On one of the beds was a large cardboard box. She gestured me over to it. I picked up some photo albums and things of hers when I was at the house. I wanted you to have some of them so you could see what she was like. Thank you, I said, resisting the urge to turn the box upside down and start looking through it piece by piece. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Scully sat down on the other bed. I sat beside her. I've been trying to figure out what I should do now. With my life, I mean. I nodded. I've spoken with Joe, and we've decided that the best thing to do would be for us to divorce. I tried not to let my face register the happiness that I felt. I knew that the conversation must have been a painful one for her. What are you going to do? 
I don't know, she sighed. My mother wants me to move back to the Washington area. With her, possibly. What about with me, I asked, biting my tongue. I couldn't help it. It had come spilling out. She didn't answer at first. You and I are a long way from being right with each other, Mulder. I knew she was right about that, but I was willing to go ten rounds if she was. I keep telling myself to run, to run as far as I can from you. I was going to ask why, and then caught myself. All she had done for five years was run from me, both physically and emotionally. It must have been routine by now for her. But I've realized something, she said. I can't run from you. You always find me. She gave me a hesitant smile. I took her hand. Scully, I would do anything to try to work things out between us. I know that we have a lot to work out, but I want to work it out. I meant it when I said I never stopped loving you. I thought suddenly of something. One of our first real dates, we had rented a movie, Bridges of Madison County, chick flick. I could almost hear the lone gunmen and the taunts they were going to hurl in my direction when they found out I had actually rented it. But to my surprise, I had enjoyed it. And when Scully had been dissolved into tears on my couch at the movie's end, I muted the television and took her in my arms. She curled up as if she had always been there. Too long, I had thought. We had waited too long for this. I leaned down and whispered in her ear, I love you, Scully. My heart had been pounding with nervousness. And how are you so certain about that? She had asked, her tear-stained face muffled in my shirt. Because, I had answered, shamelessly, borrowing a line from the movie we had just watched. A certainty like this comes along once in a lifetime. She had lifted her head, her eyes wet. I would always remember how her face looked at that moment. She was stunning, luminous. Oh, Mulder, she sighed after a moment. You know I love you too. And then we had kissed for the first time. We had both reached for each other at the same time, and our lips met, soft and careful. We took our time. We'd already decided earlier in the evening that whatever happened, happened. We were not going to follow bureau policy. We were not going to stop denying our feelings. We had made an agreement earlier that evening that we had to give it a shot to see if we really would work as a couple and not just as partners. In our minds, we had both already known that it was what we wanted. Bureau and policy be damned. And now, as we sat on this motel bed, so many years of pain having passed between us, I thought of a line from the movie. A certainty like this, once in a lifetime. Scully was my once in a lifetime. There was no one else for me. I love you too. I knew my answer was a few minutes delayed, but she didn't look perplexed at all. I know what you were thinking about, she said. I doubt it. No, I do. Our first kiss, she told me, surprising me. How did you know, I asked, baffled. I don't know, she confessed. I guess after a while, two people just know. Even after all these years? During the last few days, Mulder, it's as if all these years haven't even happened. I felt as close to you now as I did before. I feel as if you're so far away. You've isolated yourself from your mother, from me. I know, she said, bowing her head. I'm just so... Devastated, I finished for her. She lifted her head and nodded. You knew her every day of her life. I didn't, and I feel that way too. I took one of her hands in mine, then both of them. I put my other hand atop hers and squeezed them lightly. 
After the funeral, I want you to come back to D.C. with me. She nodded. I want to. And so, it was decided. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.